Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Give me a call. The number is 208-991-4783 and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, today's episode is brought to you by the support of our listeners. Thank you so much for your support. I want to especially thank Michael Galea, who sent along a really nice donation. And uh, uh, we appreciate so much support. And for all donations of $7 or more, we send along access to our premium site, uh, which includes all the extras we do uh, for both Great Detectives and for Dragnet. All right, well, now it's time for today's episode, our very last Pete Kelly's Blues, from September 19th of 1951. Here now is June Gould. This one's about Pete Kelly. about the world he goes around in, about the big music and the big trouble and the big twenty. So when they ask you, tell them this one's about the blues, Pete Kelly's Blues. Pete Kelly's Blues, starring Jack Webb. With story by Joe Eisinger and music by Dick Kepner. My name's Pete Kelly. I play cornet. You'll find us at 417 Cherry Street, Kansas City, on the Missouri side. It's a standard speakeasy. The slot in the front door is regulation size just wide enough to frame a suspicious eye, and the bottoms of the shot glasses aren't quite thick enough to reach the top. It's a well-run orderly crib, the kind of a place the local prohibition agents can bring their wives to. The lease is owned by George Lupo. He's a fat, friendly little guy who always has his hand in his pocket. We start grinding every night about ten, and we play till Lupo runs out of inventory. But that's all right with us. He lets us play the kind of music we like. And on the breaks, he doesn't care how many nickels we throw into the pianola. Our nickels, his pianola. We were winding up the second set last night when Little Izzy came in. Little Izzy's a cab driver who's been working the joints up and down Cherry Street. He's carted more drunk than Lupo ever counted in his wildest dreams. And once a week he lights a candle to Mr. Volstead. But last night, Little Izzy wasn't hauling a lush. She was a white-haired, gentle old lady, the motherly type that Mary Carr plays in Over the Hill. She looked around the crib nervous and bewildered as Little Izzy eased her down at the small table near the bar. He smiled at her as gently as little as he can smile and started for the bandstand. Little 
Hi, Izzy. How's the taxi business? Yesterday I picked her up, and I've been hauling her ever since from barrel house to barrel house, from crib to crib. What's she looking for? A girl. What girl? Her daughter. Who's her daughter? A singer. What's her name? June Gould. June Gould. You know her? You know this nail? Yeah, she's... She's a beautiful girl. I haven't heard about her for almost a year. She used to sing over at Maury. So where's she now? You know, you know how? Where's she now? I don't know. Uh, six, two, and nothing. Every crib we hit, yeah, sure, I remember June Gould, but where's she now? Six, two, and nothing. Well, look, maybe I can... Look, Izzy, tell the old woman to wait. Maybe I can send up a flare. Oh, sure. thanks. Thanks, Petey boy. I got it. So good. All right. Pete. Let's go. Yeah, Red. That June Gould, beautiful gal. Yeah. Ever hear Nails Norton? Yeah. Used to torch for her with a thousand watt torch. So? So she wouldn't give me the coffee that spilled in a saucer. So? So I wouldn't go asking around about it. So let's do the number, huh? For sure. All right. Whispering, good and bright. Here we go. Everybody ready? All right. Take five. Use some nickels, huh, Red? Oh, man, that Lupo, he's going to get rich off us. Petey, this is Miss Gould. How do you do, Miss Gould? Miss Gould, this is Pete Kelly. Mr. Kelly. Mr. Kelly here said he'll take care of everything for you, Mrs. Gould. Well, I, I didn't exactly say Your that. Your worries are over now, Mrs. Gould, so I'll leave you with Mr. Kelly and good luck. No, Izzy, wait a minute, wait. Mr. Kelly, I, I don't know how to thank you. You've given me new hope. I, I was ready to... Sure, all right. Now, come on. It's going to be all right, Miss Gould. Don't cry. I'm sorry. But it's so hard to... Well, come on now. Let's unglue it. Tell me about it, huh? 
Well, my little girl, June, she was always a very beautiful child. We lived alone in Cleveland. Her father died when she was a baby. She always had a lovely voice. She went to, came here to Kansas City to get a start as a singer. When was this? Two years ago. Last I heard, she was working in a place called Morris. Mm -hmm. She would write to me every week. Always send me a check for support. Oh, she's a good girl, Mr. Kelly. And I'm so worried. How long haven't you heard from her? It's been more than six, seven months now. No letters. No letters at all. But each week, a money order. But no letter. Each week you get a money order? From her? Well, I don't know. There's no letter, no name. Just a money order to support me. Now, I finally saved enough to come here to look for her. Yeah, I see. Oh, I've tried everything, Mr. Kelly. Yeah. All right, you wait here, Mrs. Gould. I'll buzz around. Maybe I can come back with some answers for you. And, Mr. Kelly. Yeah. I beg you to promise me. No matter what the answers are, you tell me the truth. Yeah, sure. Well, the way I figured it, I could have told her the truth then without even leaving the joint. But it wasn't easy. Not when you looked into her eyes. But where were the money orders coming from? Well, I had to make a pass at it, so I borrowed Red Zerskin Coupe, drove out to the edge of town where Maury's Country Club balanced itself neatly on top of a well-kept hill. Nobody could get into Maury's front door unless he showed a white tie. I got in through the kitchen and made for Maury's private office up on the second floor. Yes? Can I buy a minute of your time, Maury? Uh, come in, Pete. What can I do for you? You remember a singer who worked for you, June Gould? Yes. And a cigar? No, no thanks. June Gould. I remember June Gould. Why? You got an idea where she is now? Why? Well, I'm trying to get a line on her. Why? For her mother. She's in town looking for her. I heard. She see you? She tried. You wouldn't see her? No. Why not? I had no information for her. You got some information for me? No, no information. But if you ask me, do I have advice, maybe that I got. Like what? Like stay away from this old lady, Kelly, or maybe you'll never live to be as old as she is. Yeah, I see. Thanks. Maury? Yeah? Is Nails Norton still in town? You know something, Kelly? Yeah? I can't figure how you live to be as old as you. <laughs> And that did it. As clearly as he could, Maury was trying to tell me to go back to Lupo's, pick up my horn, and blow myself to a comfortable old age. And I agreed with him. That was the smart thing for me to do. Go back to 417 and forget all about June Gould. So I hustled the Erskine back downtown, cut across the 12th Street Bridge to the Kansas side, jolted down Boulder Road to Fat Annie's place and Maggie Jackson. Maybe more than a few people in town knew what had happened to June Gould, but if there was anybody who knew and who would tell me, it'd be Maggie Jackson. Maggie was just going into a number when I walked in. You're just in time, Pete. I need some strong support. Hi, Maggie. How about helping me through one course of what have I done? I didn't bring my horn. How about Artie Hamilton? He's in the back room. He won't mind. Here. Well, okay. Wait a minute. You better let me try an A here. It's a little loud. Just a minute. Okay. Just a second. All right. I guess we can try it. 
All right, what have I done? like red velvet. Whatever became of her? That's what I'm trying to find out, Maggie. Ain't thought about her in a long time. She just dropped out of sight suddenly, like last year's calendar. Well, you got any idea, any idea at all, Maggie? Anything you heard? No, Petey. Never did know much about that gal. Except she used to bunk with another gal. Who? Dancer down at the Cuban casino. Name of Flora Acosta. Flora Acosta, huh? Thanks, Maggie. Sure. Good luck to you. <laughs> Well, the Cuban casino is a minor league trap over in Spanish town. They deal strictly for the natives who are homesick for their own rhythm. Flora Costa was just going into her big finish. I folded myself into a corner and waited. <laughs> Mr. Costa? Can I talk to you for a minute? What is it? Well, it's kind of noisy out here. Well, I'm sorry, but I just... Look, have you heard from June Ghoul lately? Come into my dressing room, please. All right. Hello, little bird. Oh, you're such a stuffy little bird. Excuse me, Senora. Another costume for my next number. Sure, it's all right. Now, tell me, who are you? Pete Kelly. I play cornet over at 417 Cherry. Oh, yes. Now I know. Well, I was told that you used to live with June Gould. Yeah, that's right. Do you know where she is now? No. Well, when did you see her last? Oh, a long time ago. I don't know. Well, did she say where she was going? No. She just pack up and go. Goodbye. Goodbye, Flora, my darling. She stay and she go. That's how she was. That's how she was? See. Si. Not how she is. See? Well, you said was, like you don't think she is anymore. No, I'm very sorry. You make so much English for me. Hello, little bird. Such a happy little bird. Yeah. Do you know any of her boyfriends? Boyfriends? Yeah. Oh, see, she has lots of boyfriends. Also many. Nails Norton? See? One of her boyfriends, Nails Norton. 
sorry, senor. You... Yeah, I know. I make too much English for you. Well, she had so many boyfriends, it's very confusing. Did you meet any of them? Believe me, senor, it's so confusing. Yeah, do you remember any of her boyfriends? She packed all her bags and she said, Goodbye, Flor, goodbye, my darling. I'm going to be a bride. She was going to be married? See, si, see, si, that's it, married. Who is he? Yeah? The man she was going to marry. Oh, he's a very rich man. She loves him very much. And she's so happy. Goodbye, Flor, she said. Goodbye, my darling. Yeah, I know. Now, what's his name? His name? Bishop. You have an English name, Bishop? Bishop? See, si, Tom Bishop. Very rich man. Do you know where he lives? In a big house, a very rich house. The street? Well, I don't know, but a very rich street. Yeah, well, thanks. Senor? Yeah. How you come to me with all these questions? You make me very sad, very worried about my friend. You think she's all right? Sure. Will you please let me know, senor? I would be very sad, very worried about her. Sure. Thank you, senor. Hello, little bird. Such a happy little bird. Well, I left the happy little bird and found me a city directory. Thomas Bishop, Vice President, Grundy Savings Bank and Loan. Residence, 440 North Camberwell. Well, the house was set well back from the street, surrounded by an ornate iron fence and a million dollars worth of shrubbery. I made the long trip to the front door on foot, punched the door buzzer. Yes? Mr. Bishop? Yes. My name's Pete Kelly. Is Mrs. Bishop at home? What do you want with her? Her mother's in town. Her mother? Yeah, she'd like to see her. Are you sure you have the right bishop? You're Thomas Bishop, aren't you? Yes, but my wife's mother is dead. You sure? Of course I'm sure. I buried her. You buried her? Ten years ago. I'm sorry, young man. You must have the wrong bishop. No, no. I got the right bishop, but the wrong wife. What'd you do with June Gould? Be quiet. Afraid your wife will hear? What do you want? I want to know what happened to June Gould. Please, Mr. Kelly, not here. Police headquarters suit you better? I beg you, come away from the house. All right. Now, come on, tell me about it. Mr. Kelly, I assure you... I don't want assurances. I want information. Where's June Gould? I don't know. You were going to marry her? It was a misunderstanding. You mean you already had a misunderstanding wife, huh? June knew I was married, but we loved each other. We were going to run away. What happened? I I don't know. Now, come on, you're going to have to do better than that. We decided we'd made all the arrangements, and I never saw her again. I never heard from her. I searched everywhere, tried everything, but without success. Please believe me, Mr. Kelly. I'm telling you the honest truth. And you never got a line on her? No lead at all? Nothing. Except the vague rumor that she'd been seen with a man named Maxie Finn. Maxie Finn? The two-bit bookie? Yes. I was shocked when I learned what he is. I couldn't believe that she would... Yeah, leave the great Mr. Bishop for a mouth like Maxie Finn? That's what needled you, huh? No, Mr. Kelly. I don't blame you for thinking that. But the truth is... I loved her. She was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen. And for the first time in my life, I... You see, I married when I was very young, calculatingly, to put myself ahead in the world. Well, my marriage gave me what I thought it would, great financial success. But I didn't realize I was only living half a life until I met June. Yeah. Did you talk to Finn? No, not directly. But I did have uh, communication with him. Cautious type, huh? Yes. But for June Gould to spend the rest of whatever life I have left with her, I was ready to throw away all caution. You asked Finn about her? Yes. What word did he send back? Only two. Rock dead. Yeah. All right. I'm going to buy your story, but if it doesn't hang together, I'll be back for another one. Well, I knew where to find Maxie Finn at the dice table in back of Sartori's garage. I pointed the Erskine for downtown KC. Maybe Bishop's story would hang together and maybe it wouldn't. Traffic in back of Sartori's garage was heavier than out front. The crap table was getting a big play. I spotted Maxie Finn's pasty face hanging over the one buck line. 
And the number is five. Make the point or break the joint. And the man throws. Days in the week pass the dice to make tonight. All right, get aboard, boys. Get exactly, aboard. Get yeah. aboard. I got to talk to you. I'm on the roll. And the dice read. Days in the week. Seven of the man's down. Pass the dice to make some ice. Everybody wins. Everybody plays. Lay it on the line. We pay it on the line. Nothing but throw out, though. All right, let's get over here, Finn. It's important. What's your I problem, you Kelly? Right or wrong, I go along. All right, Kelly, I'm in the sock. My arm's cooling off. What's the hustle? June Goo. What? June Goo. You lost me. You sent word the bishop dropped dead. I send you the same. All right, come on. What happened to June Gould, Manson? To me, you read like boxcars. Goodbye, Kelly. Come here. Now, where is she? All right, come on. What'd you do to her? Nothing. I see her for maybe a couple of months, that's all. Why didn't she meet Bishop? She never said. Where'd she go after she left you? I don't know. But you got a pretty good idea. You got all I know. All right. Maybe I can get a line. I'll call you. I'll try and I'll call you. All right. At Lupo's. Yeah. Yeah, I promise. At Lupo. Just to make sure you keep your promise, Maxie. Here's a nickel. If you don't use it, I'll be back to take it away from you. Well, I had to leave it that way. I knew that by pushing Maxie Finn around, I'd started something in motion. There'd have to be a reaction. Back at 417, I found Mrs. Gould right where I'd left her. She looked up at me anxiously as I went over to her table. Any news, Mr. Kelly? I'm waiting for word now, Mrs. Gould. Do you think that... Mrs. Gould, I don't think. This is the time for waiting. It's the toughest time of all. Where are you stopping? The Jefferson Hotel. All right, now look, you go back there. Oh, no, I... don't, don't argue. No, you're sitting in this trap the rest of the night. Get yourself some rest. I'll call you as soon as I get word. All right, Mr. Kelly. I'll do as you say. Somehow I feel you're the only one who could help me. All right, Mrs. Gould. Bye. All right, let's hold it down, hold it down. Come on, Peter, let's get with it. Lost all our business, we're out of nickel. All right. What's up? Blues and B-flat. All right, I'll give you the pickup. Now you forget all about June Gould, see? 
Next time I drop you, you won't get up ever. Well, I pulled myself together from all corners of the joint, raced for the Erskine, walloped it downtown to Sartori's garage. I felt no pain, nothing but a wild flaming anger. I had all my connections, from Maggie to Floor, to Bishop, to Finn, to Nails. Finn to Nails Norton. Finn kept his promise all right. He'd used the nickel, but not to call me. The crap game was still hot, but Maxie Finn had lambed. I tore around town and finally caught up with Finn in the back room at Joe Donegan. He saw me coming, turned a dirty gray, and tried to duck out the back. He never made it. The first word I threw at him was a right from the floor. <laughs> all right, Maxie. Please, please, Kelly. Stop it, Kelly, stop it. All right. You called Nails Norton. I had to. You told him I'm looking for June Gould. Now, give me the truth. 725 Baltimore. Louder. June. 725 Baltimore. The truth, Kelly, the truth. 725, room six. All right, Maxie. If you ain't leveling this time, I'll break you in two. Seven twenty-five Baltimore was only three traffic violations away from Joe Donegan. It wasn't much of a place and never was. I found room six on the second floor. I rapped in the door and waited. I rapped again. The door was opened wide. First thing I saw across the room was something propped up in a chair. It was all wrapped up in a quilted bathrobe that the house dog probably refused. Long, lifeless hair straggled down onto the shoulders. It must have been a woman, but I wouldn't swear to it in a court of law. You couldn't tell by the face. A mass of gnarled, scarred tissue, the mouth pulled into a permanent fixed grin. A bottle of gin was held on a broomstick hand. The first shock over, I looked at the man behind the door. That was the second shock, the one I didn't get over. Nails Norton. All right, Nails. Tell him to come all the way in. Go ahead. You got a strong stomach, Kelly? Because if you ain't, you better look the other way. Nails here, he's got a good strong stomach, ain't you, Nails? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm Jim. Jim Gould, the beauty. Yeah. Well, you finally found me, Kelly. So take a good look. Let me remember on those long nights when you can't sleep. What happened? Let's know what happened there. Isn't good for you, dear. Let me take you no, out. I'll tell him. Acid. That's what happened. Who? I'm Bishop's wife. But he doesn't know. Nobody knows. Except his wife, Maxie Finner Nails. Now you. Yeah. She knew about me and Tom. She came before I could meet him with the acid. You never did anything to her. Never. What could I do that would give me back my face? No, let her live with it. Maxie Finn, he found me like that, took care of me. All the while Nails here, he was looking for me. Nails, he always cared for me, didn't you, Nails? Yes, Now Nails takes good care of me. Sees that I have everything I need. And all I need is a quarter day. All I need and all I want. Nails is a good boy. He even sends my mother money every week. He's a good boy. She's in Kansas City, your mother. Yeah, we heard. Why, Nails tried to stop you. Well, why don't you? You could write to her. No, letters can be traced. Yeah, but she's worried sick about you. If you could only let her know. What? Let her know what? You think I want to let her see me like this? You think she... <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, go ahead, Kelly. You found me. Tell her. Bring her to see me. Make the rest of her days happy. Yeah. Kelly. Yeah. What are you going to do? Apologize to Maxie Finn. the most uh, detective-like episode. Uh, P. Kelly got a little tough here, uh, mainly in pursuit of uh, the mother's um, interest. It kind of left us at the end with an open question as to whether he would tell the mother. He said he was going to apologize, but I think that that could, you know, there's some different ways to take that. He could just... Uh, be apologizing uh, to the uh, uh, thug because, uh, you know, he kind of understood now where the thug was coming from. I think definitely that um, um, the mother would want to know the truth. Uh, I think the most difficult thing is to have would be to have a mystery as to what happened uh, to her daughter. 
but definitely kind of end on the downbeat. But uh, I think that we're going to change the tone and tempo and pace a little bit uh, next week when we have Leonidas Witherall. So we go back to 1944 for a detective comedy mystery. So join us for that. We turn now to listener comments. Uh, Schubert said... Uh, uh, regarding Pete Kelly's blues, I uh, didn't know it was Jack Webb. Love Jack Webb and Dragnet and uh, Pat Novak. Well, I'm glad we're able to show you a different side, a different sort of uh, Jack Webb performance here. Uh, and then we also have this. Over on iTunes, Roberts writes, For those who are bothered by commercials or narrative, the app is offered at iTunes for $1.99, I believe. Uh, also, there are other vintage apps that offer a plethora of shows in every genre imaginable. Personally, I have a real passion for old radio programs, a nice change of pace from TV, whereas radio listening and uh, imagination is required. A nice exercise today for those possessing little or none of the attention span. Well, thanks, Robert. I should clarify regarding the app that uh, you still get the commentaries in the uh, commercials with the app on the regular episodes. However, I also post a lot of extra shows there, old-time radio programs that usually just take a look at our uh, detective actors in a uh, different uh, role. Uh, we've had dramas, comedies, things like that, and that we, um, we include commentary but omit ads on the extra shows because, well, it, it came with uh, something you paid for. Only things that come without any ads other than those that were originally inserted are on occasion I'll share with you a show that I found that I'm going to do in the future and give you kind of a chance to preview it if you've got the app. So thanks so much for the comment, Robert. And that will actually do us for today. We'll be back tomorrow with Let George Do It. And then join us back here on Tuesday for our first uh, excursion with Leodotus Witherall. In the meantime, you can send your comments to me at box13 at greatdetectives.net. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and call us 208-991-4783. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.